This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. Welcome to the Financial Standard podcast. I'm your host and editor of Financial Standard, Jamie Williamson. Well, October has arrived and with it a raft of reforms, the biggest of which is the Design and Distribution Obligations Legislation, or DDO. There's still a lot of confusion out there as to what exactly DDO means for financial advisors. So with us today is Michael Blomfield, Chief Commercial Officer at IRS, to talk us through the changes and the impact that they'll have on an advisor's business. Hi, Michael. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure, Jamie. We'll get stuck straight in. How big is DDO and its impact on financial advisors? Yeah, it's a question I think a lot of people are trying to get their heads around, right? And and DDO is a a little bit of the the iceberg um, piece of regulation, which is to say it doesn't look that big when you're kind of sailing past, but gee, there's a lot under the waterline. Yeah, it is actually very, very big because DDO covers and has impact on kind of every part of the value and and manufacturing chain of wealth in this country. And and so, for example, for the first time, you've got an obligation really that that goes uh, at the the desk of an advisor to a retail client, but covers insurance, as well as covering managed funds, as well as covering some listed product, but but not some listed product, as well as covering managed accounts and potentially the components of the managed accounts. And so all of that gets mixed into this big, complex, highly, highly interconnected set of obligations that then express themselves really in in one sense through a financial planner, right? And and you want to sort of, what is its impact? Well, let's talk about the impact of getting it wrong, right? Because this is a piece of regulation where, like, let's be honest, they're not mucking around. Yeah, civil penalties at the human personal level for an advisor up to $200,000 and a million for corporations and potential criminal sentences. So no one's mucking around here and it's big. Yeah, that sounds big. (laughs) And obviously, (laughs) um, I suppose as well, what it's designed to do is to, to curb that mis-selling of unsuitable products. But given how complex it is, in your opinion, how effective do you think it's going to be in doing that? So that the, the question, and this is not to criticise the question, I think it's the right question, but the question um, essentially has this inbuilt assumption that there's been mis-selling all over the place, right? And that, in a sense, is an assumption, yeah? Yeah. Now, yeah. Let, let's go back a few steps, right? And, and so let's think about the Royal Commission. I, I think if the Royal Commission proved one thing, and only one thing, and it proved more than one thing. But let's just say it only proved one thing. It proved that the industry has been very poor at record keeping, right? And so that becomes like an evidentiary problem because the regulator, all regulators really, but our regulators have become really clear about this. They essentially say that the absence of evidence is evidence of absence. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the inability to prove that something did happen means it didn't happen, right? And so yeah. I don't think this is so much necessarily about solving some rampant mis-selling problem. I don't think we've got that problem. I, and I think there's 
a ton of evidence to show that the Australian financial planning industry in the main and in the sort of you know, mathematical vast majority of cases does a good job. And actually, Australians agree with that, who does who get advice, right? So, so yeah. what are we solving for? We're solving for the evidentiary problem. And, and I think that's a reasonable thing for a regulator to say, that it's not, it's not sufficient to be confident that you've done it. You know, like you, you have to be confident and you have to be able to prove it to me and to the client and necessarily to a court. And so, look, at its heart, DDO is attempting or is, is, is aiming to ensure that the right products are sold to the right people, yeah, mm -hmm. But, but all of the obligation for that falls where you would expect it to fall, the manufacturers and the distributors, the, the designers and distributors of the design and distribution obligations, right? Um, but, but I think that's where the, the rubber hits the road. It's where the burden lies. And the burden is, in the end, really clearly lying at the industry side and, and where else could it lie, really? Yeah. And at Iris, obviously, you're dealing with advisors every day. What kind of feedback have you been receiving from advisors regarding DDO? How, how are they feeling about it? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's, it's pretty fair to say there's been confusion along the way. Uh, and there's, if I go back to what I said at the start, there's been a bit of the iceberg problem and we're certainly trying to help people avoid titanic outcomes, right? Um, so I think that there's still, if we go back a few months, um, even back in March of this year, I was really surprised by how many just people in the industry, some of them product manufacturers, some of them advisors, some of them licensees, kind of had this view that, yeah, like this sounds big, but it's, it's not really going to apply to me. Yeah. And, and that was always wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've heard, and I don't mean to sort of be sarcastic here, but like I've heard this argument many times about some kind of, um, um, apocryphal personal advice carve out that this won't affect me. I have not met and spoken to a single lawyer who can point me at that and who believes that that's real. Yeah. So th th there's a lot of that that's, that's been happening. And I, I think this thing went live this week. And yeah. I, I think there's a whole bunch of people now who are going, oh my goodness, that's right. I get it. And so then they say, oh, so, so what is a significant dealing? Mm -hmm. And I think there's not good clarity around that. And, and we will help sort of codify that. And I think, you know, there are bodies like FSC who are trying to help codify that as well. But it's not, yeah. it's not fundamentally clear in the regulation. Um, I think there, there has not been prior to this the need for the codification of product. So the sort of QSIP, ISIN, the, the, the unique identifier of, for example, managed accounts has not existed. The unique identifier of insurance product has not existed. So yeah. we're, we're solving that within our system. But, but you know, that's a, an industry challenge because it's very, very likely that, that one organization's coding system will inadvertently match some at some point We'll end up with two products from two providers that have the same code if we don't go to some industry standard. Yeah. Uh, I think then the standardization of the reporting obligation, what does it look like and what will be acceptable and what won't be, is, is some confusion or some concern around that. Yeah. 
in many ways, all of that has kind of coalesced to say, to, to back up, uh, and this is not just a, you know, a commercial point, it's an industry point that we've been making, that, that um, absent a central and as singular as possible industry solution to this, what we will have is a mess because we'll have many ways to comply, overlapping, yeah. you know, arguing with each other, uh, causing confusion and, and, and just making this thing really expensive. Do you think that there's any sort of one thing that's important for advisors to remember about DDO and, and how it applies to them and their business? Like, do you think that there's something that's been overlooked or is there any particular element that's maybe been underestimated by advisors to this point? Um, oh, I think it's been a struggle for them to get real clarity on this. And I don't say yeah. that, in, I mean, I honestly don't say that in criticism of any party. You know, it's not that they're not trying. It's not that, that our regulator's not yeah. sort of doing what they yeah. can. It's not that the wonderful community of lawyers aren't giving good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is not simple and it's very new. And, and yeah. so I think there has been, a, it's been a bit of a creeping realization i have personally been trying to ring the alarm bell on this for some time and, and i think you know that's there are as many others have I'm not not suggesting otherwise but I, I think it's crept up and i think yeah. you've got to come back to that moment as i was saying early on of is this serious well the civil penalties up to two hundred thousand dollars for individuals one million dollars for companies yeah. potential criminal sentences like hell yeah this is serious yeah so then considering all that we've discussed what are your biggest tips for advisors in ensuring that they comply with their obligations um well in a sense tip one is the most obvious of them which is try like make sure you comply with your obligations folks um, <laughs> you know that's uh, a useless tip but but it's a pretty important one at the same time like yeah. it's 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 not too late. I think ASIC has said, I think ASIC has said, and I, I mean, I'm not anyone who's listening to this, I'm not their lawyer or their advisor, but I think what ASIC has said is we understand this is big, we understand this is complex, we're not going to be sort of black letter law pinging people for inadvertent um, non-compliance. But if we see that you're not trying. Um, look out, right? So, best in, you know, I think it's probably a bit more than best endeavors required, but but best endeavors is a good place to start. I mean, yeah. but but advisors and licensees, they they need to understand that they're across the rules of, of of TMDs that they've thought through how they're going to incorporate TMDs and the obligation to check a TMD against the client. How they're going to incorporate that into the advice process. Um, they need to make sure they're taking those reasonable steps. They need to understand the reporting requirements, how they're going to manage record keeping. Yeah, and, and, and that should be inherent in any piece of technology that anyone decides to use to comply with this, but, but you know, make sure. Yeah. Um, and how they're gonna build all that into the government, governance framework of themselves and their, and their practice. Um, they're, they're all the sort of the big things that they need to do. That said, um, taking on the right solution should deliver the majority of that, not all of it, but the majority of it. When we do talk about these solutions, uh, you know, I, I want to make it clear, particularly for those 
listening who are clients of ours that 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 within Iris and with Xplan we have integrated our DDO solution natively to Xplan. So if you're already an Xplan user, you you actually you can talk to your account manager, but you should be very comfortable that that we've solved this. You just need to work through the process to ensure that you're using it and using it the way that it's intended. Um, we're solving that both at the manufacturer end. We've got, I think, well in excess of 75 product manufacturers who are on, on the system. We've got, um, I think, something like a couple of thousand TMDs in the system, and that's growing very, very quickly. So we think we've solved this for you. Um, we've solved that just clearly, to, to be clear, in a way that is agnostic. And so if you, uh, you know, if you are essentially a competitor of ours, you are still able to hook into that infrastructure. We want to make that available as genuine industry-wide infrastructure. And yeah. I personally think, and now this is a, like a self-serving statement, but I personally believe that if the industry can get to a singular solution on this, we can make DDO what it is, which is a strong record-keeping piece of regulation, but not a piece of regulation that costs a ton of money to everybody and, and slows the process down and, and increases the cost of advice. Uh, that was great, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's very interesting. It's a pleasure, Jamie. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Michael Blomfield, Chief Commercial Officer at IRIS. We hope you got something out of today's discussion. Please remember that you can subscribe wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 